Like many businesses, restaurants are having a hard time keeping staff during the ups and downs and lockdowns and openings and what's going on all the time with COVID restrictions. Last August, there were approximately 160,000 jobs open in the hospitality sector, but keeping staff is not just new with the pandemic. Mental health has always played a large part in being a server, working the kitchen, or an owner of a restaurant. Adam Heinemann-Smith and his wife, Tamara Jensen, are owners of Dispatch Restaurant in St. Catharines, which they opened in 2019, so just pre-pandemic. Adam's here with me today. Hi, Adam. G'day. How are you, Janice? I'm excellent. So working in the restaurant industry, keeping staff and uh, mental health have always been a problem. This is not brand new to COVID. Uh, that is correct. It's always been very much uh, talked about as being a transient industry. Um, and, and this is the world over. Uh, but, um, you know, the, the, the system and the way the structure is set up for the industry, uh, it's, it's for the longest time, it's not been a healthy uh, uh, structure or, or platform or, you know, format for the way it, it works. So, um, you know, People staying in this job uh, for a career uh, has has diminished over time, and, and the pandemic has has uh, hastened that um, that that slide. What are some of the challenges in, that that servers and kitchen staff face specifically um, that really that has really been you know played a role in that transient? business and um, uh, the stresses on mental health? Because I know it's not just about income when it comes to staying on a job at, at a restaurant. It's a hard, it's a hard graft. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and to be fair, much more so in North America than, than anywhere else in the world. Um, so first and foremost, one thing that uh, I always say to people is that you know, if we're going to be um, looking at certain little bits and pieces about this industry, um, and I'll focus once again on, on North America here, the, the, the word server is something that we need to get rid of. Um, server okay. comes, from, comes from servant. Um, right. And it, and it dates back to the, the uh, systemic racist um, backgrounds of, of uh, uh, certain structures back in the day. So, the word server needs to be cancelled and um, not used to describe a, uh, you know, a highly skilled in, in, in our um, way of looking at it, uh, career path. Um, so, you know, we refer to um, people that work within this industry as, as industry professionals. So if you're working in the kitchen or the front, doesn't matter where you are, you're an industry professional. Um, so we, 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 we first off take, take the steps of eliminating these words that, that degrade whoever, whoever works in this industry. Um, on, on the topic of how, uh, how and why it's so transient, um, basically, if you break it down to the, the root cause, it's, it's, it's because it's such a toxic environment. Um, in North America, more so than anywhere else, uh, people that work on the front of house side of the establishment um, typically uh, don't come into this for a career. Uh, they come into it 
to work very few hours, um, albeit in a very physically demanding and mentally demanding uh, job, which a lot of people do not understand um, how, how that is um, and how extreme that is. Um, so these, these people that come into the front of house portion of the industry may not work as many hours as, as management or the kitchen staff, yet through the tipping uh, structure that is in place in North America, we'll take home an obscene amount of money. Um, whereas everybody else typically is exploited, uh, overworked, underpaid, working in a hostile environment that is, uh, you know, rife with bullying, sexual harassment and assault. So, you know, um, back to the front of house angle of this, you know, the, and, and predominantly, unfortunately, um, the way it's, it's pushed in, and once again, in North America, f first and foremost, is that people that work on the front are women. And it's almost set that way as, as, as a gender-specific role, and that, once again, needs to change. You know, we don't have hostess uh, roles elsewhere in the world. So we're, we're gender-assigning uh, positions in North America. We've got young, impressionable women coming into this industry, and from the moment they walk in, they have to deal with objectification, um, so sexual object objectification, sexual harassment, and sometimes assault in the workplace. But while they're working, the general public uh, follow that up and will push the boundaries of what's acceptable. Uh, you will witness, and we don't see that here, and if we did, we wouldn't stand for it, but I have seen it in other locations where customers will push the boundaries of um, by touching uh, you know, the, the, the young women that work on the floor, um, you, you'll witness, uh, you know, you know that, that, that pushing the boundaries with flirting and, and you know, at, at times cross the line. Like you will witness harassment on a daily basis if you're dining out um, and, and, and at times um, sexual assault. And as a society here, we normalise that and we don't change it. We, it's so accepted ingrained that that's just the way things are, that we're setting these people up down a very destructive path. Yeah, you know what? That, that's oh sorry, and just um just on yeah. that, I I was I was going through my mind and I was picturing being in restaurants, and you're you're absolutely right. I'm I'm in my mind, I'm watching these kinds of flirty, touchy things sort of happening, and it didn't register with me as mm -hmm. a you know, that's a, that's a literally a physical sexual assault doesn't, didn't register with me at all, which is amazing considering I'm a woman and those mm -hmm. kinds of things usually stand out for me. Right. And, and it's part of the abuse, I guess, yeah. which is also yeah. verbally, you, my, my dinner isn't hot or, you know, yelling yeah. and screaming, that kind of thing. Yep. It's, 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 and that's the thing it's been normalized and just, it's now just accepted. And these, you know, and then, and then we're not even touching, you know, and I'll skip it over. I'm about to touch on it is the fact that on top of that, society here will determine and dictate what somebody is tipped based on their appearance, the way they look, the way they're dressed, how much they're showing off of their skin, uh, the colour of that person's skin, their race, their race, their creed, their sexual creed, you know, their sexual, or sexual orientation. All of these things are picked apart by a customer and that determines what somebody is tipped at the end of the day. So people, people of a different sexual orientation or a different uh, race 
may not get uh, as much of a tip for doing the same job as somebody of um, blonde hair, blue eyes and a bigger bust than their counterpart. This is so, so deeply wrong that we have the biggest workforce in this country sexually and race, racially vilifying people from the, from the, the, gen, the paying general public. On top of that, the, with that structure, that tipping structure, um, you know, even, even before, just before the, the, the increase to the $15 minimum wage, which let's not ignore the fact that that's still not enough. We need the minimum wage should be the living wage in this country. Um, but, you know, that, that was a way for a, an employer to circumnavigate paying their staff. That is wrong. And that, that affects the supply chain. That, that affects people's men, mental well-being of where, where and how they're making their money. Um, so, you know, that's just one part of it. And then if we're looking at the, the, the kitchen aspect, oh, excuse me, at the kitchen aspect where, um, you know, you're, you're expected to um, come into work and work obscenely long hours, um, you know, you'll come in and, and do, you know, anywhere from 12 to 16 hours a day, sometimes five, six seven days a week if, if, if the kitchen's short-staffed, you're just expected. And a lot of employers do not pay their, their, um, their staff uh, for the hours they do. Um, it's such a physically demanding job. And, you know, mentally, it, it is absolutely, it is, it, it's debilitating um, how mentally draining this job is and how destructive it is on our, on our mental well-being. Um, but for the longest time, it was such a taboo topic to talk about this and you were judged for speaking up about it or criticised or shunned about it. Um, but we can't do this anymore. We need to normalise a healthier, more balanced path for everyone in this industry and make people understand that this is a respected career path but at the same time we need to get rid of certain things like the, the you know the customer is all, always right attitude because that's not that's not the thing that's not how it is and and you know if you go into other work you know other other industries or um uh career paths and and let's not you know i'm not saying that those those other industries are perfect because they're not we're we're facing we're facing that that point in, in, in the world right now where everybody's speaking up in every industry that majority of workplaces are toxic and we need to look at the way we're doing things in this world because it, it, it's not healthy. So with us, we need people to understand that when they come in, they're coming into somebody's house. They're coming into somebody's place of business. They have to respect everybody in here. And, you know, when you say there's a greater awareness, is, is this part of pandemic i know that you pay a living wage and that you're very very um you know one of the things that that i know about you for example i read an interview with tamara and she was talking about how important that is because it means if somebody wants to qualify for a mortgage they have a steady salary uh, and and benefits and so on but this idea of a toxic workplace and people saying okay hey and like you said, it's not just the restaurant industry. Is this part of 
um, the the change in society with COVID uh, and and awareness of mental health. Right, we're all so much more aware of it. Is that part of people just saying, you know what, I'm not I'm not doing this anymore? Yes, hundred uh, percent. It cracked it open. So all of this stuff was already it was before the pandemic. It was it was it was out there. There were already groups trying to raise awareness because but but because. Um, we the pandemic hadn't happened it was still such a taboo thing and so much judgment was given towards it and you were criticized like i was saying for speaking out about this sort of stuff um and 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 like i was saying like everything was normalized this is just the way it is right so you would get pushback um but because the pandemic cracked everything open for everybody to see and gave power for the first time to the majority those people had a place to stand up and actually voice their concerns, their opinions and their beliefs. And they're being heard more so than ever before. We still have a long way to go, a lot of work to go and, and, and to do, and it's not going to happen overnight. Um, but, you know, the pandemic cracked everything uh, open for everyone to see. The people that were in this industry that were laid off or left or were unable to get work because of the pandemic, They've taken that time to get um, educated. Like they didn't just sit on their backsides at home taking the the um, government payout, right? That's everyone keeps saying that's all they're doing. Yeah, yeah. That's not the reality. The the people that are saying that, the business owners that are saying that, are saying that because they are they are they they themselves are looking for something to blame other than them themselves as a business owner and the way they operate the business. Right? They're pointing the fingers at, at other people, off putting the blame from themselves. So the reality of the situation and the way I see it is that during the pandemic, the people that were laid off were able to access that, that, that government payout and they were able to take the time that they now had and put it to the use of getting educated and, and going into a different career path that had a better work-life balance afforded them better pay and more consistent pay and set them into a, uh, a world of security where they were happier, more enjoyed, uh, had access to benefits, they were healthier, all this sort of stuff. Uh, others took the time to start and create businesses that are, that are more beneficial and, and are bringing them more happiness and joy and balance. That's the reality of the situation, and that's why nobody's coming back to this industry. That's why the number is still the way it is. And the people and the business owners that that are sitting there trying to off-put that blame onto other people, they're the ones that are ignoring that and don't realise that that's the reality. They just think everybody's going to float, flood back when the when the gates open. Well, um, and let's be clear: the government, the government subsidies, and then people can say, "Oh, they're doing that because uh, you know they can make the money." It's not enough to live on. So, I think we need to be clear about that. It's not enough to live on. Um, yeah. It's supposed to be a subsidy, right? It's not supposed to be here. This is how much money you need to live. Just to yeah. switch track a little bit, some of this for you comes from your personal experience with mental health struggles can yeah. you tell me a bit about that yeah so as quick as i can with with a bit of backstory so you you can see firsthand how how this industry plays out um i'm aging myself here so i'm 41 42 this year i think uh 
I, I don't okay, my that's age. okay. I've got you way beat on that one, Adam. <laughs> awesome. So um, I started in this trade at a very young age. I fell in love with cooking. I didn't fit in at school. I'm not, I, you know, I, I, I didn't belong and I saw that from a very young age. I, I just, it, it wasn't for me. Um, I, I, I learn in a very different way, but it's taken me a long time to understand these things and actually, you know, as, as you all get older and mature and sort of have a little bit of time to, you know, and decades to look back and, 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 and you're a little bit wiser. So um, I, I look back, I was 13, I started in kitchens washing dishes. I was like, you know, I was in my element, like the rush of everything, the way things work. Um, I wasn't working a lot, like I was just working weekends. Um, but then I, I had my uh, apprenticeship offered to me and started my apprenticeship when I was 16. So I left high school in, in, uh, at the beginning of, of year 11. So I missed out on the last two years of high school. But I was going into a career path that I wanted to go down. Um, and things are a little bit different in Australia to what they are here. Granted, still not as healthy as they should be, but um, a damn side better than they are here in North America. Uh, I was sat down by the chef who offered me my apprenticeship with my parents present. He explained all the pros and cons of what, what we were going down. I was told this isn't an industry where you're going to make money. You're going to be, you know, all these are all the expectations. Um, you know, you're, you're told that when you come into this, no matter what uh, state things are in, no matter where you are, you know, no matter where you are in the world, whatever it is, you've always got a job. Um, you know, it's creative, it's exciting, it's thrilling and all this sort of stuff. Yes, it is. But there's all the dark secrets that you don't know about. And you just, you, you, you come into it, you start working and you're working an extremely physical job. You're on your feet for a very long time. And when you're young and you start out, you haven't done that. You get home at the end of the day. And let me tell you, you feel like you've run a marathon. And then you go, you go into work the next day and you repeat that process. You're also coming into an industry that has a very deep systemic culture of normalizing drug and alcohol abuse. So you come in at a very young age, you work massive hours, you're bullied, you're exploited, you're yelled at, you're screamed at if you make an ex uh, a mistake. All of this also stems from the toxic relations that we have with the general public expectations of what we deliver. So you, because the general public forces this, this fake demand of what they expect and what we're meant to deliver because we're at the scrutiny of the general public, there is so much heightened tense stress and anxiety and depression that comes from the feedback or the scrutiny that's put on you and the labor of love that you put on a plate and the, physical and mental demand that all that takes um this this wreaks havoc on you over over you know 5 10 15 20 years but you don't you don't know that so you get to the end of a very long day of 16 hours of grinding dealing with you know horrific things bullied like i i got screamed at in the middle of service in an open kitchen that brought me to tears and I'm standing there, I'm standing there, I'm working my ass off cooking for 180 people at full pace. He is, you know, flowing down my, my face, feeling like I've just failed the entire world. I, I was made to feel like an insignificant piece of garbage. And that happens daily. And that's, that's when you were young. 
that's when I, I, I was, I was, I was like in my, I, like I would have been 20, 22, something like right. that. Right. But that's not just one experience. That's that, that happens so many times. You, you get to the end of the day, you go out, you drink, you abuse drugs just to suppress these feelings, but you're also surrounded by people that just say that's the way we do things. We party hard, we work hard. But at such a young age, these things are pushed into you that that's normal, but you don't realise how destructive that is to you. So I get here, I, I, I'm, I'm destructive, I'm, I'm to the people around me, I'm not the person I should be, I was, a, you know... I, I, I listened to what my mum, this, this gets hard to say, the way my mum talks, the way I was before this did what it did to me, I was a shadow of my former self. But giving up and addressing what it had done to me and accepting that I had a drinking problem and I was abusing the people around me, I wasn't good. And being that and addressing it and cutting those things out and working on being a better person and seeing you, all of a sudden you see how bad things are and you see how bad it is for so many people. I don't want to see the next generation of young people go through what I have gone through. And I'm speaking from a place of privilege as a white male. I'm not female. I'm not, I'm not transgender. I'm not gay. I'm not black i'm not asian imagine what those people have to go through it's poisonous it is so deeply systemically poisonous and we don't change these things people's lives are broken by the time they hit 20 years in their career if they make a change and see this it's too late if they if like it is it is so so it is so broken. It is so, so broken, so past repair. It needs a massive change. Yeah, and I mean, if I go back to um, what you were saying earlier, at the, at the same time, that's what's going on with the, the industry professionals and on a day-to-day basis at work and what we're seeing as customers is a smiling face coming out and, hey, can I help you? Here's our specials. And the, the, the people who are going to restaurants, the nice people who are not going to be sexually harassing, whatever, they just don't, they just don't see it, right? They don't see it at all. Adam, thanks for coming on and talking about this today. Um, as usual, I can talk to people for hours and hours and hours because I think that anything to do with mental health is really important um, and, and interesting. And I think that you've brought a perspective to your industry that the vast of majority of people do not understand. So, and thank you for talking about your personal experience because I know that that was difficult. You're very welcome. Thanks for the time. I would love to take this opportunity just real quick to to speak about two groups that are out there um, for the industry and fighting for this sort of stuff, and have the resources there to uh, for you, you know, and for our industry to access. Um, and that is not nine to five. Uh, they are on Instagram and have their own website. Um, you can reach out to them for resources and help. Uh, and there's also the full plate. Um, so they also uh, offer free uh, mental health services. Um, and you can also donate to them through their website. Or when you dine 
or shop with us here at Dispatch, you also have the option of uh, leaving donations here that we are raising to give to the full plate for this sort of stuff as well. I will share those links um, when this goes out on, on my website. I'll make sure that I share them. Thank you, Janice. Appreciate it.